0: This week, our executive producer, Adam Gobeski, suggested we watch the 2017 DreamWorks movie, The Boss Baby. He even sat with me and watched the whole thing. That's actually true. We decided to talk about 16 Candles instead with our good friend, Eric Mackey.
1: Welcome back to Cinematic Respect. I'm your first co-host, Jessica Clares.
0: And I'm your second co-host, Charlie Wallace. Jessica, we get to review our second John Hughes movie this week. Woo-hoo. So my question for you, what is your favorite John Hughes movie?
1: Oh, Lord, that's that's a tough question for me. Because I started I looking them up and there were so some many. I did not
0: realize were his.
1: Oh, yeah. No, there are a lot of really good John Hughes movies. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, Sixteen Candles, which we're mm-hmm. about to talk about today, and um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which you said we did before. Um, Can I guess? Uncle Buck, which yeah, is. Yeah, I was really... gonna guess you're gonna
0: say Uncle Buck.
1: It is. I, I'm really torn between Ferris Bueller and Uncle Buck, I'll be honest, because Ferris Bueller is just so quintessential. Like, it just goes without saying, it's in my top five movies easy but uncle buck holds a special place in my heart for many scenes but none top the um, giant pancakes scene when the kids come down for their birthday or whatever and there's this enormous stack of pancakes he's like flipping with a snow shovel like that (laughs) size pancakes and they're just like shocked and then he says you should have seen the toast i couldn't even fit it through the front door and it's stupid but it just is my absolute favorite makes me so happy
0: (laughs) nice yeah that would have been my guess i remember did we watch that together we did i think we did yeah (laughs)
1: How <laughs> about you?
0: We already watched ferris Bueller's Day off, so I was thinking that, but then and this is weird. I think it's probably Home Alone.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: I have such good memories of that movie. It's such
1: a good movie. I yeah. mean I watch it at Christmas.
0: Yeah. Which is coming up? Are we gonna watch it at the Christmas tree party, Jessica?
1: I don't know, but I'll tell you what we are watching. What? The Garfield Christmas special. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: well of course.
1: I don't what what may or may not be known to members of our audience is that I kind of torture my Christmas party guests and that I own them for 20 minutes every year (laughs) because they are forced to watch the Garfield Christmas special every time (laughs) I don't care what else we watch or what else we do but that's happening
0: secretly I really like it though (laughs) (laughs) secretly (laughs) but anyway that's not wait what are we talking about this week Oh yeah that's right Uh, So this week we're talking about the movie Sixteen Candles, and with us today is Eric Mackey. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. I'm happy to be here, happy to watch yet another
2: John Hughes movie added to my collection. Oh yeah, which ones Uh, have you seen? The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's, Home Alone, and of course, Home Alone 2. (laughs) (laughs) Lest we forget. Right. (laughs) And... I mean the list goes on, but I had never seen Sixteen
0: Candles, and it felt like a must. Yeah, and I well, will. You were admit... missing
1: it from your collection, right? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I will admit I had never seen Sixteen Candles <gasps> either. <gasps> yeah. Charlie That's...
1: Wallace, you never told me this.
0: <laughs> well, uh, as always, I wanted to correct the correct the error before yeah, I even I know, talked with you.
1: If you told me, I could have prepared mocking. <laughs> now I'm just going to so shoot it's worked from out the perfectly. hip. Ugh. <laughs>
0: So quick synopsis of the film. So Samantha has just turned 16 on the day before her sister's wedding. And so nobody knows that it's her birthday. Her parents forget. Her grandparents. uh, Her grandparents forget. She goes to school. Nobody remembers there. And uh, she's cresting on Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Jaw of steel. (laughs) Jaw of steel Ryan. Um, So it's basically the story of the various humiliations that she has to go through over the course of... Two days (laughs) where no one recognizes or acknowledges her while trying to uh, catch the eye of this... uh, Crush. Yeah, this high school stud slash crush. High -hmm. high school dreamboat. (laughs) (laughs) Samantha's played by uh, Molly Ringwald, and there's also The Geek, played by Anthony Michael Hall.
1: Who else do you want to play your geek in a 1980s (laughs) movie, I ask you? Uh,
0: This was John Hughes' directorial debut... He had written stuff before this, but this is this is the first of his series of high school films in the eighties that everyone is so fond of.
2: see that I did not know that's probably yeah. why it is considered I, quintessential yeah, I didn't know first.
0: I didn't know until after I'd seen the movie, and I went back and to be honest, I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I buy that. I buy this being his first. <laughs> I do too. It definitely
1: is a little bit rougher than, yes, than yes, the others, yeah. but but it's still John. I mean, you watch this movie and you're like, this feels like a John Hughes movie. Yeah. As being as you've seen many others and right. hadn't yet seen this one, would you agree that the feeling is similar?
2: Absolutely, but not in a cohesive way. Mm-hmm. I feel like actually, it's funny that it's his first. I feel like it could also have been the last because I a lot of the movie feels like just a bunch of classic 80s vignettes that are all jumbled together and then spilled out in some order and then the plot kind of weaves through those but they're all it's all the same elements just
0: in a different order Mm -hmm. with different characters very much so was there was there anything you were expecting from this movie what did you think you were going to be watching before you watched it
2: it has the reputation of having these very awkward very inappropriate scenes (laughs) that nowadays are completely off the wall i can't believe they put that in the movie but back then apparently was acceptable forms of comedy people (laughs) considered that funny uh and so i came into the movie expecting it to be very awkward and not really getting that sense of humor um Kind of the, the hints of the, the subtle hints of sexual assault and the not so subtle hints of sexual assault <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> that
2: are laid yeah, in, yeah, kind of yes. laid in throughout yeah. the various scenes. So that was the reputation the movie had. And then knowing that it was about. Someone turning sixteen, and that age is just awkward for everyone. So I generally expected to feel awkward for most of the movie, and uh, my expectations were met. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's about, That's what I was going to ask because I'm like, and did it deliver? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In space, it was
2: cringe, cringeworthy to say the least. Yeah, there were
1: several <laughs> scenes, and I, I, so. I have I have easily seen this movie 20 times, easily. Wow. And I would say more than half of those times were on television when it's in an edited version. And mm-hmm. so there are shocking elements that you do forget when you go a long time without seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so watching it, there are those things you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Forgot that was in there. <laughs> and you just, yeah, shock and you cringe.
0: So I was kind of the opposite where I pretty much knew what the plot was going to be, but I didn't know about a lot of those really cringy scenes like i didn't know I had the reputation for that <laughs> i knew about long duck dong because everyone talks about him yes
1: <laughs> how could <And> you not <laughs> yes
0: but um I, all the other stuff you talked about it really caught me by surprise i'm so, so that must have been sorry. fun for you <laughs> so i wonder how it would have been an edited version
1: well yeah because you yeah you watch it on cable and obviously there's you know no nudity
0: Right. And
1: uh, a lot of the um sexual assault scenes are cut so where they're softened around the edges. And um obviously most things that are ow, more overtly racist are cut. <laughs> things like that. Where you're like, Oh, when you're seeing it and it's and it's original, you're like, Oh, wow, that's that's a little tough for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the eighties that was cool.
0: <laughs> uh let's just start with talking about Molly Ringwald who plays Samantha. I think this is her first big role.
1: She was became iconic of the Brat Pack, obviously, mm-hmm. thanks to John Hughes and others.
2: This was the first Brat Pack movie. I, mean, um,
0: I would guess so. I mean, what are the who? who are Anthony the Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall.
2: Molly Ringwald. You're yeah. missing... Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Was Judd and... Nelson in this movie?
1: No. But I'm saying you're missing right. John Nelson, but he and Emilio became, Estevez and Emilio Estevez became emblematic of the Brat Pack. So yeah. they were in The Breakfast Club and in um, St. Elmo's Fire, right? So and then Anthony Michael Hall was in this and uh, The Breakfast Club and but yeah, you know you get a lot. Yeah, of them. they're all around.
0: They're all yeah. they're all mixed in all these. They're all mixed all in things. there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Molly Ringwald. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked. I felt like she did a good job. I mean, she's she's pretty. Um, as you know, you kind of are expecting from from your actresses, but I felt like she was awkward enough that it feels real enough to you that you are very much identifying with your awkward years while you're mm-hmm. watching. I think that for me is very mm-hmm. emblematic of a of a John Hughes coming of age movie. Is that you can easily go, "Oh yeah, no, I was that dorky, or I was that whatever."
2: Angsty. Yeah, the pout was so strong in this movie. <laughs> it was constant.
1: Constant, just like mm-hmm. oh, nobody likes me.
2: Which actually makes those few moments when she's smiling through the movie really, really powerful. When I was watching this movie, I I would not have said, "Oh man, this is a really powerful moment." But the smiles, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, smiles she was really bring it, it back,
0: yeah, yeah. Like the scenes where uh, her parents actually apologize to her, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you're slightly less less horrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> or that that scene in the car when it's her and Anthony Michael Hall and they're. You being honest with each other and she smiles just once there and it's just perfect for making them actual characters
1: it's very relatable you could easily see that if you were in this situation you'd be feeling these things remembering that age remembering having her crush or feeling awkward and embarrassed and she's given plenty of reasons to feel embarrassed <laughs> throughout <all> this. <laughs> so i think you can strongly strongly identify
0: <laughs> let's go through them <laughs>
1: <laughs> well um she knows that her note is lost
0: Oh yeah, she writes a note and what she says that she wants to have sex with Jake. Yes,
1: <laughs> Which is pretty serious. Yeah. For for all of Tender 16, I always find it kind of startling um how taboo virginity was in the 80s, or at least how it was portrayed as being. Um I have three sisters that were all teenagers in the 80s, and as far as I can tell from just what they've said, that was pretty much their experience that it was really? definitely something you did not want to acknowledge. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess growing up, like by the time we got to the '90s, maybe
1: virginity was cool again. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know what to tell you, but I don't remember at all feeling like embarrassed about that.
0: I thought it was just a movie thing, where it's like, well, this is a plot point in movies, and it was never really a thing. But I guess I need to talk to more people who are. According to my three sisters, I don't know. All right, I, I'll take that. That's that's three data points. It's <laughs> all, more than all I had All concentrated
1: before. in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, Jake. Finds this note and decides to pursue her throughout the whole movie. Like Mm -hmm. he's trying to get with her and she doesn't really know it. I don't know. I just. I I It's so creepy. I
1: do have to say. It's so
0: creepy. I I don't know that I
1: find it creepy so much as I find it not believable. Like, he's mm. ridiculously attractive and wealthy and cool and he's on the football team and he's connected and whatever. And I'm like, yeah. he's like, you know, the way she looks at me, like she looks at me, she's like in love with me. It's like kind of cool. And I'm like, no one's saying that. Yeah. No one's <laughs> thinking <Right>. that.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I don't think the actor is being creepy. I think he actually does a good job at what he's supposed to be doing. But I think the premise <laughs> kind yeah. of is. All right. He's right? like, well, oh, I've just found out that she wants to have sex with me, I guess. Like, that's all that's on the note. That's true.
1: That it is doesn't. Fair. Yeah, that is fair.
0: It could have easily. Well, it wouldn't have been embarrassing if it was just like, "Who do I have a crush on?" On the note, right? Yeah. Because we want to mortify her as much as possible by <laughs> mm-hmm. by the ending of the movie, but. Mm-hmm. His whole point is, oh, I have this
2: girlfriend and she's super beautiful and she's, you know, X, Y, Z, what everyone wants in 80s high school, but I want something serious. You know, she's insensitive and she just wants to party, but I want something serious. But at the same time, all he knows is that Molly Ringwald wants to have sex with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's enough to say that's not going to be insensitive or shallow, Mm -hmm. but, you know, she's mysterious. Um well, at- she
1: she has she gives she looks at him like she loves him. Right. And at the same time that's
2: that's all it is though. Yeah. It's it's just looks that they share or passing glances and so I think because she's not aware that he's interested this whole time it also brings up one of those things that I think anyone can relate to from their teenage years, which is being completely oblivious. I feel like that is a very... Well, at least in my experience <laughs> I when mean, I was a yeah, teenager, no. <laughs> I was naive as all get out, completely unaware. And so that's another relatable point of her character.
0: Yeah, I was oscillating back and forth between, yeah, these characters aren't well-developed because they don't they don't know each other. Like, why would they actually fall in love? But yeah, when you start to think about high school and that this is more kind of like a... F- fairy tale almost story oh totally yeah. absolutely is. maybe you shouldn't read too much into what their motivations you are.
1: gotta give them a little bit of a pass mm-hmm. there yeah i also want to point out my one of my favorite humiliating moments which would be um being felt up by her grandmother oh my
2: gosh <laughs> tell me that's not in the tv movie or the tv I version i don't rem- i think they
1: cut it faster oh sam let me look at you oh.
2: Red. She's gotten her boobies.
0: Oh, I'd better go get my magnifying glass.
1: (laughs) Oh, and they are so perky.
2: Can't believe my grandmother actually felt me up this movie i think is built on one-liners like that like oh i can't believe i just got felt up by my grandma and i started writing some of them down like it's oh totally i feel like you could just pick up scenes and it's like oh that was intended to be quoted later that was intended or that's going to be shown in the movie advertisement because it's just an arbitrary hilarious one-liner
1: so I mean Molly Ringwald I mean that's that's a, a really relatable character but there's there's others obviously mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the Jake Ryan character is maybe one of the lesser relatable characters and I don't know that you have to like he's he he needs to be there for for right, to play yeah. off of mm-hmm. but I think this movie is really supposed to be about her and about Anthony Michael Hall about Farmer Ted <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh most of the stuff online was speculation about his name was that oh well that's really his last name but since in roll call they would say his last name first they would call him farmer ted as opposed to ted farmer maybe there's something like lost in the script about that but anyway
1: his friends call him ted
0: (laughs) besides certain scenes i actually really (laughs) liked him
1: oh i adored him yeah
0: i thought here's a guy who Almost could be cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I loved
1: about him because I feel like at one point, you know, he describes himself as being like, you know, essentially like the head of the nerds. And I feel like that he does a very good job of because there's lots of moments where he's super insecure and he's really geeky and he's whatever. But then when he's like amongst the nerds, he's like, come on, guys, be cool. Don't embarrass me in there. And he's like, right. and he's also one of the only ones who's decent, like thinking mm-hmm. more like an adult than almost everybody else. Right.
2: And he puts himself out there in... In most of the scenes all the nerds they're all grouped together doing their own thing. He's mm-hmm. the only one who ventures out into the the popular kids world or the other kids world. I saw him almost as a champion of the nerdy self-conscious teenagers is yeah, he's a nerd and he's aware of it, but he's confident. He's he's willing. Mm-hmm. He he's out there and he's never defeated. Like he's indomitable. He just keeps trying and going and And again, this is probably a me thing, not an everyone thing, but (laughs) being the nerd in high school, I can relate to him in that, oh man, I wish, you know, I'm going to be a nerd. I'm going to admit it, but I'm going to be confident about it. And that's
0: that's what makes him great.
1: You're in a room with two physicists. I don't think you have to worry about being the only nerd.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he's the one that they insist that they go to the party too. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like if he was a character... 10 or 20 years later in a high school movie like he would have been the cool kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. something about that the 80s movies have this very specific niche for yeah. <laughs> these characters like this is how a geek is supposed to act. right? Mm-hmm.
1: But, what they're supposed to look like what yeah. they're supposed to wear.
2: But he totally turns that around. I'm just remembering the scene now after the party where mm-hmm. he makes I think he makes Jake Ryan and himself little tiny martinis. Yes, he does. And he just gives Jake Ryan this life lesson on how to treat (laughs) girls and how to to pursue them. And, you know, that's right before the scene where Jake Ryan gives his blitzed, quote, girlfriend to Farmer Ted in his father's (laughs) Rolls Royce and just says, go at it. So let's not acknowledging that scene. That scene is such a. Uh,
0: I think well, that I scene know. needs to have its own section. Of yeah, the that's <laughs> we will get there. I'm, so we I'm can avoid it, around it knowing but that I, we're coming back. I'm scared yeah. to talk about
1: it. <laughs> I love the juxtaposition of him being a complete dork and being really vulnerable with Molly Ringwald and then being all cocky in front of his nerdy friends and then getting the opportunity it was like when he first starts talking with Jake Ryan, he's very skittish and oh hey man whatever i did i'm sorry and to develop to the scene you're talking about right. where he he's like jake jake buddy no let me tell you how it is blah 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 mm-hmm. is his character's really fun and a, a full character you can see these aspects it is still a caricature
0: he's a more developed caricature very much so yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we have Molly Ringwald, we have Anthony Michael Hall. I think those are the maybe the two developed characters that we have. Mm-hmm. And everyone else has just enough screen time to be a, a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh,
1: and there's some impressive ones. I think her older sister is <laughs> a piece of work. <laughs> her older sister, the man she's marrying, and his parents are all just one. Yeah.
2: Entity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think her dad skirts around being a developed character but he really only has that one scene of i'm going to comfort you and try to understand you and be here to help
0: you Mm -hmm. and even then it's just oh he's a good dad yeah it was it was sweet though
1: i mean i guess i think so speaking as the only female in the room at the age of 16 having a very serious conversation with your father about that aspect of your life that i don't know how common that is and okay, so yeah. I do wanna, I do want to give him points for it. The fact that she says, "Oh, it's embarrassing, um, you know, talking with your dad in the middle of the night, night about your love life, and he doesn't like cringe or turn away or you know try to like, "Oh, well, that's something you want to talk about with your mom, you know, which I think a lot of yeah. teenage girls mm-hmm. did experience, and that he's like, "No, just tell me about it. like what's going on?" And not everybody gets that dad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I guess that is true. I did I mean he does not have a lot of but... screen he, yeah, he didn't have a lot of screen time to really establish. No, much beyond that and maybe that was good enough for this but I just, know, I, I just
1: i absolutely adore when he's like i don't think you're a dork i don't think your mom thinks you're a dork <laughs> yeah. it's like so something i could hear my dad saying <laughs> like you that's i maybe that was why it was so relatable for me
2: <laughs> is john hughes a dad
1: he must be it's a good question
2: uh, Fact check. Uh, i've initiated a fact check <laughs> <laughs> so john john hughes is a dad He's a dad, and I. That was one of those scenes where I th- felt like John Hughes is not self championing. That's not it, but he. It's like obviously he knows or wants to try to care for kids. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they were teens when he was writing this movie, but yeah, I don't think they would have been yet. No, I think he was in his early thirties. So yeah, he didn't. He wouldn't have had teenage kids yet, but he m- may have had kids, and probably was like, yeah, that's the sort of dad it's I'm. A dad
1: moment. Or maybe he had a dad that was, you know. Yeah, that's true.
0: When he was going
2: through his (laughs) his awkward sixteen, sweet 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 sixteen. Yeah, yeah. He also wanted a pink Trans Am or a black Trans Am. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So characters, good characters, and then I think we at least have to take a pause to acknowledge um, some of the some of the actors, actresses that maybe had smaller roles but are definitely household names, like. John and Joan Cusack.
0: Yeah, it was fun. I f- didn't know Joan Cusack was in it, and I saw her instantly on the bus. Mm-hmm. Like, there were, you know, 30 characters going from front to back, and I was like, Joan Cusack, I see her immediately.
1: <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> well, funny... Well, granted,
0: she had a neck brace. A on. neck brace, <laughs> so it's
1: you know, but I think she needs some serious props for how funny she is. Oh, And, yeah. and m- way more of a physical comedian than I think you realize right mm-hmm.
0: away. Yeah, she's done a lot of have, have you seen um, the shameless series
1: i have not yet
0: oh yeah no she has a huge role in that and she's really really funny like i wouldn't necessarily suggest watching shameless past maybe the first few seasons because it's a little bit repetitive but joan cusick is really good
1: and then her babyface brother in this one <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> i saw her and i was like he's gonna be in at some point." point three two one okay there he is. <laughs> the
2: baby face it caught me off guard for sure but recognizable face
1: yeah there's no way he was shaving yet no nope. <laughs> nope. unlike
2: anthony michael hall who had what he kept saying like his a, clean clothes his shave clean clothes
0: shave <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of early roles for john cusick where i just i see him and i i want him to do something like i want him to be a bigger part of the movie and like, <laughs> he isn't he doesn't
1: he has a very he gets a role. couple
0: of lines he gets thrown in a trunk in this one. Like, ah.
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh yeah. the trunk scene He's so
0: good there's a the little brother Oh, yeah, the little brother. He was kind of a.
1: He's
2: he's a pun. He's a jerk. Foul mouth, but yeah. Yeah. Snarky.
1: Really snarky.
2: Relentlessly cruel.
1: Honey, I just feel miserable.
0: You'll feel better.
1: Who died? Uh, Is there something you want to say to your sister? What? Are you kidding? Where should I start?
2: I mean,
0: about her birthday. It was yesterday. We all forgot. Classic. And then he like goes to open his door and he puts his weight against it and it doesn't open. <laughs> <No>. That <It's so laughs> was great. one of my favorite parts of the movie.
1: <laughs> but I felt like everybody looked so 80s. His like ridiculously thick-haired bowl cut was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Again, that goes back to the whole introduction. True, everything is so so eighties, 80s, so eighties, 80s. 80s.
1: The opening scene is just—I mean—the shoes and the acid watch jeans and
2: holding pinkies. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pins—all the pins on the uh, the blue jean jacket, all those
1: <laughs> buttons. Oh my, yeah, and the earrings. There was a there was. Um, like a panning past like some like bleachers and like various people are like making out and whatever yep. and there's one couple where there's a guy and a girl and they're each wearing one feather earring <laughs> I, I do remember that because I remember going is he wearing oh he is he's wearing the other feather earring nice yep. <laughs> John Hughes movies very much shaped what I thought high school was going to be like I mean I remember getting to high school and being like this is not like the lectures in Ferris Bueller's when you know like <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's almost like I was afraid to go to high school because of these movies, and you would see the things like, "Oh, I'm such a nerd. Like I'm gonna get picked on or <laughs> shoved into a locker, shoved into a locker or something, like
1: trapped underneath a glass coffee table."
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the
2: locker room where everyone's naked all the time, and I'm gonna be the little one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Speaking of naked scenes in oh, locker rooms,
0: so abrupt. That's, there's
1: a very abrupt nude. Yeah. Scene here.
0: Yeah. PG movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating because I knew it was rated officially PG. I did Google it, and it's funny to see multiple mini comments where people are like, Yeah, this really should be R. <laughs> like, like <laughs> there's like all of these comments that are. Can in we there.
0: retcon this rating really <laughs> Well, It's pretty
1: <laughs> impressive. In the first 10 minutes of air, you have essentially full frontal nudity. They have her just pivoted slightly away, but barely. Um, you have some F bombs. You yeah. have, yeah, where I'm like, Wow, okay. Now we're just we're just doing this thing. It's PG. Everybody <laughs> welcome. <laughs> You're over 13. Let's watch. No, it doesn't even have to be over 13. Though I was gonna ask you, Charlie, because you know these kinds of things. I don't know that PG 13 was a rating at this time. But yeah, so if it if it didn't exist, that makes a little bit more sense to me. Where they're like, oh, we're tap dancing between PG and R.
0: Red Dawn. What's the first PG?
2: Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sound clip for you. <laughs> Except don't take mine. Take the actual movie. But that movie. was 1984,
0: <laughs> but I think later in 1984. So. I think they just missed out on the snuck this raining. one in. Yeah. Yep,
2: right under the wire.
0: Guys, I'm going to get th- boobs in this movie right before I can. <laughs> Do you think it was worthwhile to have that in the movie?
1: <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I think you could have gotten I think the, it's gratuitous. The, the takeaway without that. Yeah. yeah. That, oh my gosh, she's perfect. And I feel less than because that's virtually everybody's high school experience right. is I feel less than I didn't 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 have to see her naked to know that. Yeah. Though kudos, you know, good job. <laughs> <laughs> what are you kudosing? I don't know. I'm sorry. Being being I don't know, having good jeans. Sure. <laughs> good work. <laughs> Got it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it might be as good a time as any to start veering into the inappropriate oh. territories yeah. of this Goodness. movie.
1: Yeah, we've got nudity. We've got being felt up by your grandparents. <sighs> Do we talk
0: about racism, racism or sexual assault first?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, let's, not really. Let's, let's work up implied, to the
0: sex. implied yeah. sexual misconduct. Yeah. So there's homophobic stuff oh, in gosh. here, which yeah. I understand it was the 80s. However, there's, there's a lot of. That it was in abrupt
1: here. to hear it yeah. so casually. I will Where, say. Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. With some of the slurs and yeah. some of the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And
0: I'm kind of iffy about this movie because I read Roger Ebert's review, and one of the things he mentioned was like, oh, well, he captures how teenagers actually talk. Not in response to specifically that.
1: Oh, I think we can acknowledge that this isn't a movie being made now that's like retrospectively trying to represent the 80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And including it, this was made in the 80s, and at that time, people weren't flinching. And so I don't think we have to approve of it now. I think it's...
0: But it cut into my enjoyment a lot. Like, every time I heard it, it just, like, took me out of the movie. Yep. All right, now I have to get back into it it right, took me out of the movie again mm.
1: here's what i'm gonna do for you charlie yeah. you're gonna look at it at how far we've come that we all noticed it couldn't ignore it it took us out of the you know it's i think because I, yeah. I think all of us can agree that it was like oh gosh that's wow abrasive it, mm. it felt bad and that's you know yeah not that long ago i guess uh, so we've come a yeah. long way yep. there you go look there i spun it <laughs> Great.
0: So, again, these are just things that shortly took me out of the movie and wouldn't mm-hmm. have by themselves done it. But there's a lot of other stuff. Completely overplayed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, not, the- which I I think of Long Duck Dong is just yeah. one big, giant, offensive and that's what I knew going into this movie. That's basically all right. I knew is that he was in this movie. I thought when the movie started, I thought at the end Molly Ringwald ends up with Long Duck
2: Dong. Really? I thought <laughs> I thought I remembered seeing that, that somewhere would be like one that's how the movie awesome ends. Twist. And then it it got to the point where they were he wasn't just the the good person exchange student. I'm not going to use the same words they used to refer to him uh-huh. in the movie, but uh, where he was some crazy a uh, horn dog partier, and I was like, "Oh gosh, I really hope he does not end up with Molly Ringwald." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> glad, <laughs> glad that's not how the movie ends.
1: So there's that. Um, in the very, very beginning, Molly Ringwald's character is talking with her best friend. And she's talking about, like, you know, a birthday, like, fantasy, like turning 16, and, you know, oh my gosh, it would be amazing. And there'd be this huge party with everyone of my friends, and there'd be some, you know, perfect guy and a new transam. And I think her friend said, like, red or something like that. And mm-hmm. she goes, no, 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 black. And she goes, a black guy? And she's like, no, 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 a black transam and a pink guy. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and it was like it was painfully obvious. I was like, "Oh, I'm <laughs> uncomfortable." Yeah,
2: yeah. It's more because of the friend's response, yes. than anything. There's just the look of disgust and the shock and the intonation is, "Oh, she really, she was really bothered by that suggestion." Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that her friend would be with a a black male. Like that's not yeah. that's not acceptable to her. <laughs> apparently,
1: I remember. So I went to the University of Saint Thomas in. In St. Paul, Minnesota. And it is a wealthy white school. It just is. Before class had started, we're in a lecture theater. And so there's girls, there's a couple rows behind me. And they were having conversation just by themselves before class started. And there were three of them. And they were talking about how none of them could date a black guy. If they brought them home, their parents wouldn't let them come inside. And this was wow. in the this was in the early two thousands, and I was just like, "Wow, I remember that so so clearly." So like this conversation and her friend's reaction, I don't think that that was uncharacteristic of a lot of people's situation in the early eighties, even in you know whatever. But in white bread America, I mean, we talked about this with other John Hughes movies.
0: But then, if you're gonna do that and point out that this is something that people might say, there's got to be some self awareness to it, right? Like, yeah. And I feel like it was just a throwaway joke and not...
1: A commentary?
0: Yeah. Well,
2: I don't think it was. I think that's it's scary and upsetting the way that that fits with the rest of the movie, that everything is, this is just how it is. This is just how people are. And there's no awareness that
0: this isn't appropriate because it it was commonplace. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think there's any awareness from John Hughes about any of it being potentially offensive. No. I don't think there is. No. Um. And again talking now over 30 years later about a movie that was made back then but i guess we're coming up to it the part where we talk about it oh geez (laughs) let's Let's just get it it, yeah let's just get past this part there are sexual assault references in and implications and implications multiple times yes yeah specifically two things one is that jake doesn't imply he says that if all he wanted was sex, he could go and sexually assault his girlfriend right now. Yeah. I actually wrote this down because oh, I, I had to pause the movie and take a breath at this yeah.
2: point because I couldn't believe that that just happened. The the quote is, "I could violate her ten different ways." Yep. yep.
0: But, what? And then it's said in <laughs> a way that like, if I was a bad guy, I could do that. <laughs> so it's
1: it's like if right? I if I if I wanted to if right. I if I wanted uh, yeah. Which is true, I mean, but I mean, okay, let's let's stop for a second, just for for yes. half a second, because the the yes. climate that we're in is completely different than at the time this movie yes. came out. Yes, but so just sticking a pin in that for a second, I mean, that's absolutely true. Like mm-hmm. she 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 was in an incredibly vulnerable position right then. I think what we're reacting to is that neither he himself nor anthony michael hall's character who's talking with him nobody flinches like that's a horrible idea like what i can't believe you say that that's an option
0: to you Mm -hmm. or i'm surprised that crossed your mind of course it's like
2: Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm.
0: so i guess i don't want to imply that i'm somehow condemning john hughes for not being more sensitive these things were sensitive to now it's more that When that comes up and that bothers me and keeps me from enjoying the movie, like, what am I supposed to say about the movie?
1: Yeah.
0: I guess just what we're saying, which is like appreciating it for what it is, but like...
1: To me, I mean, obviously that one's glaring you know, You can't I mean, the word violate is even in there yeah, right. and so um when anthony michael hall and molly ringwald are in the auto shop car yeah. um and he like tries to climb on top of her and she's like no 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 or whatever and he's like okay and then she feels bad for him because she can see that his feelings are hurt and he's embarrassed and she's like oh that's okay so
2: he
0: does it again so he
1: does it again she goes no i said it was fine it was the first time it's not okay again and it's like This back and forth or whatever that's like, eh, I expect that to happen.
2: Right. Right. Well, even the the first scene where they interact where he comes up to her on the bus, the body language in that scene is also really heavy. I mean, his arm is around her shoulder, at least like kind of over top of her. And he is hovering very close to her face. And there's Mm -hmm. a... That even felt uncomfortable. Well, and she's trapped. Like, she
1: can't get out. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: It was very imposing. And that was the first time I think I really cringed up in the movie because of just how aggressive physically he was with someone he didn't know. And it was like, is this all right? Because there are other people on the bus and they (laughs) see this, I think.
1: You guys can comment on this. I mean, I I feel like um, that's been my experience. And Mm. I wasn't a teenager in the 80s. I was a teenager in the 90s. And then, you know, in college... I've experienced that yeah. and didn't think it was weird. I was uncomfortable and I, I was fortunate to never be in a situation where I didn't feel like I could shut it down. But I, that's happened, you know, where you're just like somebody just comes in and just feels like they can just like move in and just boom, I'm mm-hmm. there or whatever. And you're like, no, 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 you can back off now. But that's commonplace.
2: Actually thinking about it, <laughs> what, what is it about buses? I can, I can recall a couple times where I've seen that happen yeah. mm-hmm. or like that that's been in my environment in mm-hmm. high school. And when I think about those times, I chalk it up to hormones and immaturity and not knowing what to do with your body and your feelings and mm-hmm. all of those right. things. And I'm not excusing it in, by yeah. any means, but, right? Yeah. But you just know, the idea of the real. imposing physio-
0: physical being in each other's space. and And so I actually think that's an example of a scene that doesn't bother me as much. Because of exactly what you're saying, I think it was in at least that felt like it was intentional. Like, yeah, you can see that she's uncomfortable with him doing this, Mm -hmm. like not just because he's a nerd, but like, you know, he's being overly familiar with her and she's kind of repelled by it. Yeah. And I think it does speak kind of to like the teenage experience, whereas a lot of these other things we're talking about, not necessarily, but it's it's kind of hard to tell in this movie.
1: And then I feel like um, we touched on it, but, you know, you know, Jake references that he could violate his girlfriend if he wanted to because she's so drunk. And then, you know, he hands her off to Anthony yeah. Michael Hall's character um, and is very clear that he doesn't care what they do as long as she gets home. Right. And that is fascinating because this is a whole different <laughs> ballgame. This is not like, oh, this is my significant other. And yeah, they might be in a little bit of a, you know. Compromised state of mind Or something like that But you know we're together And we've done these th- You know like you could You could hear someone Argue a case for whatever But no 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 Here you go Somebody she's never met <laughs> Take her
2: And isn't just apathetic about it Is almost forcefully like No you're gonna You're gonna do this Unless let you take Carolyn home But you gotta make sure She gets home You can't leave her In some parking lot somewhere Okay Jake I'm only a freshman so? She's so blitz, she won't know the difference. Jake, I don't have a car. You can take mine. Jake, I don't have a license. I trust you.
1: Jake, I'd love to. I can't.
0: My You sure? Positive.
2: He's, he's pushy he's, about he's, it.
1: He's, he's getting rid of her. He's offloading right. her. Right. He's got some baggage. There's some steps between him and this right. other girl that he's decided he's interested, you know, because he knows she wants to have sex with him. So he already <sighs> knows <laughs> this is what he wants. You know, I need a clear path. Yeah. So here but, you go.
2: But all the while he's the good guy because mm-hmm. he's looking for someone who's sensitive and isn't mm-hmm. just into the party. And then at the end when uh his girlfriend and him meet in the parking lot and
1: have this weird adult conversation. Says,
2: yeah, they have that weird adult conversation right after she walks out of like, you know, she makes out with Farmer Ted and then he drives up and then all of a sudden, oh, he's kind of in a position to forgive her because she enjoyed her night with Farmer Ted, I guess, <laughs> but I don't know. I
1: don't know either. I uh, I do I don't think... even want to I
2: don't yeah. even want to go there, but it's odd how there are those key moments where he's still oh, he's still the good guy. He's still the uh the admirable like hunk, good-hearted, desirous boy. Mhm. But he's awful. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's actually awful. Yeah,
1: no, he he just it's like they traded.
2: I almost wish the movie ended with Farmer Ted and Samantha ending up together. <laughs> oh yeah, because like yeah. I thinking about like they're the actual characters in this movie and he had that moment of vulnerability and Jake Ryan doesn't have a character.
1: I did I did find their whole conversation really fascinating. Farmer Ted specifically explaining how he can be repeatedly taken advantage of by women because they know that we're so, I think I remember what phrase he uses, like keyed up or something like that all the time, that I'm never going to say no and that I'm always going to whatever. Basically saying they know we're interested in sex all the time and they can lord it over us and they can manipulate us and, you know, whatever, flirt and say no when they mean yes and, you know, that kind of a vibe that, you know, teenage guys are just a slave to this one Infatuation, and so everything else in their life pivots around it, which may be true, but I just the way it was being described was
2: I mean, ultimately, it's true of the characters in this Definitely. movie, right? Yeah. He yeah. bends to it for Jake's girlfriend, mm-hmm. Jake bends to it for Samantha,
1: long duck dong,
2: <laughs> long. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. <sighs>
0: Uh, <laughs> that for his for his thoroughly... new, new style
1: no. american girlfriend right
0: <laughs> uh, i think we need to address that too Let, i was just let's about to that, say let's get long duck dong out of the way and then we can talk about all the parts we really like about the movie right? oh, okay, good. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> well, i then brought then us a high down note. here and i know that we need to go back up eventually <laughs> so. i think long That's... duck dong
2: is a first it's a good first step in the upward trend of He
1: bridges the divide between awful and hilarious. Right. Incredibly
2: (laughs) offensive, but also
0: entertaining as a character. Yes. Oh, my. So played by, I think we decided, Getty. Getty. Watanabe, who is from Utah, born and raised.
1: Has no accent whatsoever.
0: No.
1: And is, you know, not Chinese.
2: Nope. (laughs) Oh, but he's Chinese in the movie. That did not stop them from playing turning Japanese Exactly. During one of his scenes. Exactly. Because...
1: Because all Asians are the same in the 80s, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. No, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> and they don't know what spoons and forks are, so they pretend like they're chopsticks. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. S- Did you yeah. see that?
1: The- yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the little subtleties of things I didn't see before. Also, I have a question.
0: So, the big question here, is there a reason this character needs to be in the movie at all?
1: Comic, From a plot
0: standpoint, no. No. He doesn't. He tells Jake that Samantha is at the wedding, mm-hmm. but a note on the door could have done. That.
1: He's just supposed to be the silly. Yeah.
0: He's a time filler. Yeah,
1: yeah. The silly crazy. Oh, you know those foreigners. Aren't they a hoot?
2: Mm-hmm. He's the same as Joan Cusack, though. Yeah, she she drives no plot. Yeah. She is here's a couple seconds of comedic relief. Long Duk Dong is just a. He's a more explained character. Yeah. He's just there more. He actually has a name. Yeah. Yeah. And interacts with other people.
1: <laughs> it interacts being the operative.
2: Yeah. With <laughs> with
1: this, this incredibly tall, yes. very interesting woman.
2: Yep. Who can run the 40 in five seconds flat.
1: Yes. Which was great and amazing and awful. I I, I do find it funny. I know I'm supposed to be appalled, but I did really like this like... Miscellaneous woman, you all know somebody like that who's like she's she has no confidence issues. This is a very confident person. She's definitely a little off, a little strange. She doesn't have a ton of friends or whatever. and he adores her basically because she has boobs. Mm-hmm. but that's that's irrelevant. She is eating this attention up. and like so their interaction I actually just find really, really pretty entertaining because <laughs> she's happy with it. She is all okay with all of this attention. and obviously so is he. And there, I feel like, maybe one of the only more inappropriate couples that are at least are both aware of what they're getting into. Yeah, <laughs> like- that's true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is one of those characters that not only reinforced the stereotypes, but created new stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Apparently, it was really hard like for Asian Americans growing up in like the late eighties and nineties, it was really tough because of this specific character. Like people would oh, reference really? this movie. Yes.
1: This specific character. Yes. A wow. lot of people
0: have gone up to Getty Watanabe and like cussed him out basically really? for doing this role. Yes. And I see it. if I you mean- see things he's done or if you see like interviews and stuff he's done since, like, he's slightly apologetic about it being like, I didn't really know at the time that this was going to happen, but yeah. not super contrite about it saying like it was the worst decision I ever made but yeah I don't know
1: I mean it's it's I, mean, I, I don't know if
0: it's right to really blame him as a you know
1: you have broken English you have him laughing for no reason at yeah. everything you have the stereotype would live on for a long time
0: yeah yeah all right now <laughs> Now, now we got through that. But he is,
1: he like you said, he does. He is entertaining. Yeah. He is. He's funny. I, I love that he starts off. I like the progression of his character. I like that he starts off and he's all like happy and respectful and kind and polite and just ends up this drunken mess on the front lawn.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The uh when he's lost in the grandpa's description of him is wearing a brown trousers and a, a red cardigan and then he comes back and he's in boxers and I think a kimono which also kind of raises <laughs> I don't know where in he a found kimono. that for sure yeah, yeah at a, yeah. some high school party he's just gonna find a kimono why not but yeah completely wild undressed by the end of it
1: yeah and just full yeah, circle that's right <laughs> so coming back have? up what yeah. else do we enjoy yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I liked all the the band posters on the wall which John Hughes does a lot yeah. Like, yeah.
1: It's totally a uh, flock of seagulls yeah. uh, above her bed. Hm. Yeah.
0: Kind of makes you feel like these are more fleshed out characters who have. she uh, does a really. Life beyond this movie.
1: Yeah. A really good job with sets, I think, because like her bedroom, you have this like like the white rolled metal beds there's the banana style phone there's you'll you'll see little things like bottles of nail polish and cotton balls and things hanging on lamps like a scarf or something like that just vary the clutter just the little clutter that he would cram into teenagers bedrooms is exactly the kind of stuff you'd find in teenagers bedrooms i don't know you're just full of knickknacky stuff that's bridging the divide between you and your kid and you're heading towards adulthood.
2: And you see that stereotype played out in the set of the party scene, too, mm-hmm. with not just the party scene, but also the aftermath where Jake walks in and there's a good five to 10 seconds of clip that's just, look, there's the pizza on the record player yeah. and there's uh, what all these things, you know, strewn across the table and there's this wine bottle that's half drunk and all just set pieces that are explaining an event that happened, yeah. uh, even though you've already seen it.
1: The whole place is teepeed. and I have to say, I did actually write down. I'm like, this is some pretty serious property damage, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. in several cases. This is not some like crazy party where okay, it's going to take a long time to clean up, mm-hmm. but it'll be cleaned up, right? But you know, yeah, there you, got, was a, you some... got a
2: hole in your floor, and your wine cellar is ruined. it and... Has been
1: demolished, oh, yeah. 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 And there's a scene where you see like suds coming out of like a vent for no reason.
2: Right before the pizza record player.
1: Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't really have that much more I liked about the movie. Um, We're talking about getting back (laughs) up, but I, I don't really have that much more.
1: Um, I love her sisters taking four muscle relaxers and just for no reason. Again. I can't. Oh,
2: yeah. That felt like such a pointless. Like that, that was where I realized that this movie was also a series of groaners. And we talk about it as humiliating events that build the persona that is Samantha Baker. But. That one was just like, oh my gosh, can this scene end, please? Because (laughs) it's just slapstick comedy. Like, oh man, took a lot of drugs, and here's the sister character who's just a a wrecking ball. Um, Well, and then the wedding happens. So
1: shallow, and I think it's just be the juxtaposition. Like Samantha's supposed to have some depth, right? But this entire thing is ridiculous. Is it?
0: I I I agree that it wasn't. I couldn't think of a lot of reason for. That whole wedding scene at all, except so just to kind of fill time, or maybe the movie's supposed to be more like a like a series of vignettes, exactly. But... That's exactly what I wrote down in some my notes. Oh, okay, like this, maybe this vignettes. movie is a series of vignettes that you could put in any order, and right? Like, right. and maybe that's what it was going for, and which is fine. But it was hard for me to figure out for a long time. I was like, not a lot's going on, and then all of a sudden it's over, and all mm-hmm. these scenes, like I didn't know why they were in there. But um... when I moved back at the end of the movie and was like, okay, what did I just watch? When I looked at it more like that, I enjoyed it a bit more. It's like, okay, it's looking at people in high school. It's looking at the sort of way that they felt about things. Like, So you've got this relationship between Samantha and Jake. And I'm like, oh, that's so shallow. But
1: It's a crush. It's real. It's a crush.
0: Yeah, it's You'd, in high school. Wh- what did you there know about
1: the people you had crushes on? Yeah, Not mm-hmm. much. There doesn't
0: need to be more than that. And there just <laughs> no. needs to be the excitement of it finally working out for like, One perfect moment, and then we don't know what happens after that, right? that's perfect, because
1: it's not going to work out after that.
2: (laughs) Her wish came true. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, come on. They kissed while sitting on top of a table across a cake. Now, for for my formative years of like, I don't know how old I was when I saw this movie for the first time, but probably like 10, 12. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is totally what I wanted. And it's completely unrealistic and bonkers, but it's what I wanted. Made for a great
2: poster. Yes, it (laughs) did.
1: Yeah, I remember having a conversation with my dad when we watched this movie sometime. It was on TV or something like that. And and saying like, oh my gosh, there's I find it ridiculous that she just signals to her dad like, this is the guy. And he like lets her get in the car with some guy he doesn't know and like go off and not go to the reception or whatever. And my dad's like, if you, t- if you like indicated to me like this was the guy, like I'd trust you. And I'm like, that is such crap. You would totally come <laughs> over and be like, who are you and what are you doing with my daughter and blah, blah, blah.
0: At sixteen, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. That's right. Just turned sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh no. My dad scared the crap out of the first guy I dated. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> um We didn't
0: specific?
1: we didn't talk about the panties being sold, like everybody paying a buck to do get it because that scene is hysterical.
2: It. it is. It's I so laughed at that funny. scene and I regretted
0: it. Oh,
1: I do not. I don't regret it at all. I think that's awesome. I don't care even a little bit. I don't feel like it's offensive. I'm not embarrassed. I love that the you think these... that she
0: willingly gave. Yeah. Them yeah. yeah. Helped to yeah. make it. She not just handed it bad over.
1: She said, you know what? I get it. You know, you need to you need to save a reputation. You want to be cool. You don't want to be like, I struck out again or whatever. And so here, go ahead and have them. But the fact that like the whole way the scene plays out where you see this really, really little kid like walk up to the, the boy's bathroom and it says boys on the outside and like knock, like watching them pack in, seeing it all fall like the... I don't know, ceremony yeah. <laughs> of it all. Well, that's, it was it felt, so funny. It felt like
2: some sort of ritual. And then <laughs> like at the very end, he just comes up and everyone's solemn faced. Everyone's <laughs> just very serious, very business. Yes. Uh, I guess we got to do this if we have to guys. And then he comes out and holds it over his head and like, <gasps> like all the faces Oh my gosh, shock. girls yeah. underwear. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That part I felt was more legit and not not shady.
2: Yeah. But they also didn't dwell on the embarrassing part of it for too long. It was mm-hmm. just, hey, my little brother saw your underwear. And Molly Ringwald screamed. screams. And then instant cut to the grandparents who were like, there's darn rock and roll music. <laughs> and then it's over. And then it, that whole plot line is resolved <laughs> is with the grandparents.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, I just, it it's just, yeah. It, like you said, it, it, I don't know what purpose a lot of these scenes played i imagine i wonder if john he's sitting there going okay so it's gonna be her birthday it's gonna be sweet 16 because that's what's really important and so we'll we obviously have a way of dealing with all the awkwardness that comes up with these things we'll have a high school party we'll have a dance we'll have you know these opportunities why would they forget her birthday we should have them forget her birthday what could be big enough that that would cause parents to forget one of their kids' birthdays another one could be getting married
2: Right. You know, I don't know. I'm wondering if that's how it got created. We have to end the movie with the wedding because we already, there has to be a wedding now that we've introduced it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it gives him an opportunity to come find her in a, like, away from school. And it is, it's the stupid, smarmy, ridiculously over the top, sweet ending of him showing up and being, like, waiting for her, like, the car's, like, part, and he's standing there Next was badass car, like, right. all ridiculously handsome in his sweater vest, leaning against the car and being all dreamy and being like, hey, and her, like, looking behind her. And he's like, no, you or whatever. It's totally <laughs> lame and over the top. And I loved it.
2: But she's alone. It's after a wedding. It's, you know, romances in the air. It's... It is the dream scene before the dream scene. She's
1: wearing a halo of really ugly flowers. I yep. mean, this is.
2: Let's not even
0: talk about that dress. <laughs> that was.
1: <laughs> it's the eighties, man. It could have been way worse.
0: So, Eric, now that you've watched this, do you would you recommend? That I mean, other there's people highs and lows, movie? man. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's a loaded question.
2: It is a loaded question. I will recommend this movie for the obsessive must-watch all the John Hughes or mu- must-understand the the context or the development of him as a, a screenwriter and a director, I would... If it's your first John Hughes movie, don't watch this one. <laughs> it is my least favorite of all of them, most certainly. I, I was trying to figure out why, too. Is it because I can't relate to any characters or is it because every scene is just a separate cringy vignette of 80s culture and awkward teen angst all thrown together in an order that kind of makes sense <laughs> and none of the characters but two are developed and so i can't invest in anything in this movie maybe that's actually thinking about that's probably why i didn't like it yeah that sounds that sounds about right but r- recommend it once you've seen the breakfast club pretty in pink and a couple of the other good ones ferris bueller's Come back for this as a complete collection. Don't watch it alone.
1: I I agree. And I have to say that I think the age I was at the time that I saw it definitely shapes how I think of it. If I was seeing it for the first time now, I think I would really feel what both of you guys were feeling in terms of um, where I think I tripped over not the glaring offensive things, but the slightly more subtle offensive things because I had seen it so many times already. And so you're like, when I think about this movie, when I think back on this movie, what I'm remembering is the car scene with Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall, I think about the cheesy ending. I think about the awkward dance and the clothes and the hair and the makeup and that kind of stuff that's, the for me, the relatable part's the part that sticks with me. And you manage to edit out all the other things. I think also because at the time that I saw it, those things were less obviously offensive. And I was young and, I don't know, they just kind of self-edit. It's weird.
0: Yeah, I think just, like you said, knowing that there are so many better John Hughes movies out there that are just a little bit easier to watch for a lot of reasons. It's hard for me to recommend this movie. But you're right. Like As a completionist, I thought it was good to see just for the context. I mean, you hear about the movie so much. You kind of want to see what it's all about. There's John Hughes. You can see it all over this movie. And just his willingness to treat teenagers, just to treat them as human beings in kind of their own unique way. And there's yeah, there's just a lot of little touches about the characters that surprise me a lot, but it's just mixed in with a lot of other stuff that I don't want yep. right now. Yo, yeah, definitely. So,
2: if anything, it serves as a really thorough documentation of teenage culture in 1984. That's it's almost true. it's almost a historical film in that way. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> it is. It's preserved. Yeah, for
0: our consumption. In the annals of history, Eric. You've watched a movie that we thought you should watch. Now you have the opportunity to tell the world something you think that they should be watching or doing or experiencing. Yeah. I would recommend to each
2: and every person that they find a good driving song, which is something I consider with a regular strong tempo, like regular strong drum beat and find a really sunny day and roll the windows down and blast that song. You could sing along if you want and speed down a highway and not, I'm not implying speed, like, you know, break the law, but at, you know, f- go fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just enjoy the music and the beautiful day and pure metal adrenaline speed. I'm what? a big fan of that. Yeah. Well, what song would you choose? I There's two that come to mind and, and given my description- you might be surprised if you're familiar with the song because they're kind of lower key. But uh, Sweet Disposition by The Temper Trap has a really good drum beat, as does I Can't Go On by Bayside. All right.
1: So my recommendation, um, actually, uh, seeing a very baby faced John Cusack in this movie reminded me that one of my all time favorite early John C- Cusack movies is um, The Sure Thing. Ridiculous premise for a movie. Definitely not great premise. This idea that he's traveling cross country because one of his buddies at a college in California has said, oh, my gosh, you've got to come check out this girl. She's a sure thing. (laughs) <laughs> and so he's he's trying to but that's not it's the journey, right? Of course, it's the journey. And so um, you have him traveling cross country with some other girl that of course he hates from his school. Something great to point out. First of all, he's extremely young. I think it's only maybe a year after this film. I think it's 85 ish that that movie came out. And there's also an appearance of an incredibly young baby face, Tim Robbins. As a throwaway character who's in this, and um, they actually, those actors are very good friends in real life and have collaborated on a number of projects. But this may be—I'm fairly certain this may be—was now when they when they met, and it's it's ridiculous and really funny, and you get to watch him shotgun a beer, (laughs) 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 which is impressive.
0: (laughs) So what I'd like to recommend is a television show that came out on Netflix few weeks ago. It's called American Vandal. It's kind of a play on making a murderer or serial or like true crime stories like that, but it's a scripted comedy and it's set in a high school. Somebody has used spray paint to draw a bunch of dicks on all the cars in the parking lot, in in the faculty parking lot. And it's about trying to find out who did this, even though somebody's maybe been wrongfully... wrongfully accused of it it seems like a one joke show to start off but it really develops it sounds kind of dumb but definitely (laughs) check it out and it reminded me of this movie in that it does a good job of taking the high school characters seriously and like developing relationships between them and personalities and just talking about stereotypes people have about each other so well thank you very much eric for coming on the show and talking with us about this movie. Mm -hmm.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks for finally giving me a reason to sit down and watch 16 Candles by (laughs) myself on a weekend.
1: (laughs) So so now now you're scarred for life. (laughs) You're welcome. I only
0: regret it a little. (laughs) (laughs) If you had done this just on your own accord, you would have felt really bad about using the time. Yeah. (laughs) But now we have at least a something definitely yeah now I can share my regret and mistakes with all of my friends publicly <laughs> <laughs> well that's
1: just the thing like though, though is you, you can you can redeem it because you're saying out loud for everybody to hear for the internet to hear you say I don't approve of these things <laughs>
0: not at all <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric just Mackin. so you know exactly. yeah I, I do am not
2: endorse no. 16 Candles <laughs> <laughs>
1: that wraps it up. Thanks so much for joining us. We had a great time. Hope you really enjoyed it.
0: Tune in next time when we'll be introducing another friend to one of our favorite movies. See you then.
1: If it's sunny out, I almost will always go down. Like, past the lake, whatever, and you know, have some like music cranked up and like the windows open and like the whole thing. When I was in my first year as a grad student, um, in this in at UW, so I'm young and stupid and impressionable. And, uh, (laughs) and I, um, you're Molly Ringwald. Yeah, I'm Molly Ringwald. (laughs) I was just started, you know, in the PhD program. And so you're just starting research, whatever. And it's in the summer. So it's right after the end of the first year, I guess. So it's in the summer. And, um, there is a faculty member. He's a big name in the field. He's a big deal. He has no reason to know who I am whatsoever. But I was in a really good mood and I was cruising our university and I was listening to American Pie or whatever and the window, you know, it's awesome and I'm in a great mood and it's really hot. And I was passing, there's that Dairy Queen. And so I stopped and I bought a couple boxes of dilly bars. And I, so I went into work. I'm like, you know, people could take some or whatever. And he is a notorious sweet tooth. And so he comes over and he's like, He's like, oh, you know, what do you have there? And I'm like, oh, here, do you want a dilly bar? And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And he says... Um, What happened Did you pass your prelim Like thinking Because you know, people often Bring in snacks I go No sir I passed Dairy Queen
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yes Yes It was like One of those
1: rare moments When I got to say Exactly what would have been Like the best thing To say right then Yes And he busted out laughing Loved me From that point forward <laughs> He was on my committee I swear he's one of the reasons That I did graduate Because <laughs> I don't think He even read my thesis He's like That's the girl That gave me that dilly bar
2: And made me laugh She is sharp. <laughs> (laughs) that's perfect
1: sorry that was a random aside
2: i'm not sorry at all (laughs) that was a great story i recommend that everyone does that ignore my recommendation